A man sat at a desk, lit by a loose diamond, writing with a reed pen. Nohadon had aged. In the previous vision, the king had been young, but now his hair was silver. His skin was marked by wrinkles. It was the same man, though. Same face shape, same beard came to a point. He wrote with focused concentration. Dalinar stepped over. The way of kings, he whispered. I'm watching watching it being written. Actually, Nohadon said, it's a shopping list. I'll be cooking shinloaf bread today, if I can get the ingredients. It always breaks people's brains. Grain was not meant to be so fluffy. What? Dalinar scratched at the side of his head. Heroes of presents The Storm Pod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book three, Oathbringer. Spoiler warning for chapters 102 and 103. If you have picked the wrong episode or you haven't done your reading yet, make sure you go back and do those things. You won't want to get spoiled. These are two pretty normal, average chapters that we got here. But Jack and I are quickly approaching the end of the book. It surprises me when I pick the book up now and see how much there's left over. There's not a lot. So get ready, everyone. I hope that you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and he's way too beautiful and interesting to hide. It's Jack. What's up? Oh, well, gee, thanks. Way too beautiful. Well, well Syl always has these great little <laughs> quotes and anecdotes, right? Like, yeah, it's so great. Yeah, she's uh, she's quite the you know what? She's she's kind of my highlight for this first chapter. Yeah, um, because. She's wanted. Yeah, she, there's she's wanted a, posters she, with Syl on it. Yeah, she's a she's a uh, I don't know. Like now, okay, now what I wasn't clear on in this chapter mm-hmm. is she talks about um, Azure being a bounty hunter. Yeah, but but Azure's not after her. No, but she's worried okay. that right. Know, We've been traveling that with a bounty Azure hunter, and I'm wind? wanted, and it's just, just like it's too much. You know what I mean? Like too close. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I like how so she's I, like. I, I didn't mean. Like, she's like, oh yeah, and by the way, yeah, I know. It's it's so funny. She's yeah. so matter of fact with these revelations. Yeah, and the other thing too is like, you know, the the Reachers. You know, Captain, is it Ico? Yeah. So he didn't think to mention that that Celebrant is basically being controlled currently by Void Spren? Yeah, I don't like, I don't what's know the deal? if I have a feeling he didn't know. Okay. Cuz there was some chatter about about this in I think this chapter. I think Shalon in the chapter asks like one of the shopkeepers or mm. whatever and you didn't 
like the uh, the person on the wharf or whatever. Um, right. Like you didn't bother telling us about this kind of thing. Yeah. I think Captain Ico didn't know himself or he wouldn't probably wouldn't have went to celebrate. Right. Right. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know either. It's, it's interesting that they're already here. Yeah. Like we thought that they were safe. Like they, you know, they're in a yeah. scary world and like they're, yeah. you know, they, they could die from any number of things. But the one thing we thought they didn't have to deal with was the Voidbringers. Yeah, and how yeah. wrong were we? So right. this is chapter one hundred and two. <clears throat> we're covering Celebrant, yeah. which is the 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 city in Shadesmar. We actually we're at a Spren city. I know, right? How awesome is this? It's really cool. It's really cool. Very visual. Um, I love imagining all these Spren everywhere. It's mm-hmm. it's very. This is the first moment for me where it gets really Star Warsy. Yeah, they finally get to Mos Eisley, and there's all these it's aliens. It's Mos Eisley. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's 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 looking around at all the different life forms, mm-hmm. and like, and they're just these humans. And what's really cool about it when they when they make, I think they make contact with one of these um, other captains on another ship, and That's he's right. like, "Are you humans? Yeah, okay, yeah." Like, and he's he's just like <laughs> like I don't know, just like, like like humans are like a little rarity here. Yeah. Uh, like something to enjoy. Oh, a human uh, cute. Oh, a human cute. Okay, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just—I don't know—that angle just was was delightful. I yeah, guess. Yeah, so uh, funny. <clears throat> All right, so we begin with uh, a little snippet from Hesse's Mythica at the, at mm. the beginning of this. So yeah. this is cool, and I, I like this snippet because things are getting more clear. Yeah. Moalak was said to grant visions of the future at different times, but most commonly at the transition point between realms. Right. Okay, so visions granted at the transition point between realms. Right. Now, Dalinar gets a vision. Dalinar does have a vision. In the next chapter. Yeah. Right. I meant to ask you, actually, before we cover, like, what do you think about, like, what do you, because th- he says in the chapter, like, the Stormfather told Why me are I've you doing seen this? All, yeah. the ch- all the visions. Stormfather said he'd seen them all, that they were dangerous. Yeah. But I'm not so sure in that second chapter that we're covering today. Yeah. Um, uh, that hypocrite. he gets a... Re- hypocrite. That he gets a direct response from the Stormfather. Well, he asks for the Stormfather while he's in the vision and there's no response. Right. Right. So what I took that to mean is... Uh, this is not being shown to him. When he wakes up at the very end too, he says, there was no high storm that went by. This was not right. a vision. Was not a vision. Yeah. So was it a, like, was it a dream? Like, was he just having well, a regular it, dream? I still think you could, you could word it that it was a vision, just not one granted, uh, through the storm father. Right. So who or what is showing him that? Right, I re- remains a mystery. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe his own <clears throat> bondsmith abilities. Yeah, but he's bonded to the Stormfather. Right. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. Could could be Noah Don. Could be Noah Don. Well, Noah Don is just a man who died thousands of years ago, right? Well, what if he's someone special? Okay. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm just postulating. But anyways, getting back to this mm. bit here, um, Moloch was said to grant visions um, at different times, but at the transition point between realms. I was thinking about Dalinar with this because he's at he's at Urethiru. Right. And then he gets this vision. If this is a vision from Moloch that Dalinar just got, right. then is Urethiru a transition between realms? I thought maybe Shadesmar was a transition between realms. Well, uh, I mean, the, now that I'm, moment from going from the physical world, Roshar, to Shadesmar is the transition between realms. The spiritual, the physical, and the cognitive realm. Mm -hmm. So when they talk about the, the realms, they're talking about those. Right. And then here it says when a soul is nearing the Tranquiline Halls and they believe the Tranquiline Halls are in the spiritual realm, right? Right. So I don't know. I, I, I understand what you're saying because we have a, um, a statement here that says this is how you can get visions from Moloch. And Dalinar right. has gotten a, a vision that we're not really sure right. where it comes from. So I understand why right. you're putting them together. Um, right. I think Moloch's visions are more like the death rattles that we have, which is like mm, spouting right. out a couple of lines of words that that person should not know that right. may have some prophecy in it. Whereas mm. this is a full on lived in, you know, um, experience, experience. Yeah. yeah. Which is a little bit different, I think. Well, we begin this chapter, uh, this is again, 102 Celebrant with Kaladin hiking through the city with Adolin and Sild. So they're in Celebrant. Mm -hmm. The money changing had gone quickly and they'd left the spren of Adolin's sword with the others. After Shallan had taken the Deadeye's hand, she had remained behind. Reaching this city marked a welcome step forward toward finally getting out of this place and reaching Dalinar. Unfortunately, a brand new city full of unknown threats didn't encourage him to relax. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really like this, uh, them being in this strange city. Again, just really Star Wars-y for me. Mm -hmm. They need help. They're going for a ship. It just seemed like you're trying to hire yeah, a Han. You're right. Like, there it's just, is. You know what I mean? When you put it, it that it way just, now, yeah, it really yeah, does feel it, like it, eh? And it also, I, I also like thinking of this um, uh, in terms of like treasure planet. As well, when there's all these, like, you've got this bustling city, ships going to and fro. Yeah. You're going to strange places. I mean, literally, these ships could be going to other places in the Cosmere. Yeah. <clears throat> right? I mean, that's a distinct possibility. I don't know that, but I, I know but of... I, but you know that the Shadesmar yeah. is a way for people to travel to other places than right. Cosmere. They've said it in this 100%. book. Yeah, yeah, so that's really cool. So it's really cool. It, it just seems like such a, I don't know, it feels more like a spaceport. <laughs> well, you, I think you made a, uh, I think you made a um, comparison to mm -hmm. like Deep Space Nine at one point where you're like, it's kind of like a waypoint between all these different places. Yeah. 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 Okay. So reaching the city marked a welcome to okay, encourage him to relax. Yeah, so he was not relaxing. Yeah. I don't blame him. The city wasn't as densely populated as most human ones, but the variety of spren was stunning. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. The variety of spren was... Reachers like Iko and his sailors were common, but there were also spren that looked much like Adolin's sword, or at least before she'd been killed. Right. Okay, so, so then looks like her but without the scratched out eyes yeah and maybe more vibrant mm. looking um like visage too like that you know it says here they were made entirely dead, right? of vines yeah like uh windle 
like Wendell, though they had crystal hands and wore human clothing. And remember when Wendell um, lifts a, a, a cultivation spren, yeah. um, like trails behind her like a vine, like a snake, she's got these like little sprouting crystals that are embedded in the vines. Right. Right. So this is a perfect, like, it looks just like that. Equally common were spren with inky black skin mm -hmm. that shone with a variety of colors when light hit them. Dude. Their clothing seemed part of them, like that of the cryptics and honor spren. So, so these weren't cryptics, no. just something, something else. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't have a, um, an a absolute app. No, no, no. I don't have an apps. Uh, I don't have a, um, uh, I, I'm completely willing to tell you what this is because you've oh. met one of these spren before. See, I thought it sounded familiar, but I wasn't it's, sure. It's ivory. It's the like ivory. Black skin, ivory. Yasna's, uh, right. Remember, it's like they have like a little bit of oil and it shimmers with like yeah. a kind of like a, um, it's black inky, but it's also oily where it has oily, that, like, that so it shimmer. Has that iridescent yes, kind of. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's just Neat. like Yasna's spread. A small group of cryptics passed nearby, huddling close together as they walked. Each had a head with a slightly different pattern. There were other spren with skin like cracked stone, molten light shining from within. I loved that image. Yeah. The molten light shining mm -hmm. from within just evoked, I don't know, it's just like element, stone elementals. Yeah, it really does, right? You know, yeah. And, and just, and, and I think, and they even, they interact with, I forget the character's name right now, but they interact with this captain mm -hmm. who is, I guess, one of these, like these individuals. Yeah, one of these exactly. Um, still others had skin the color of old white ashes. And when Kaladin saw one of these point towards something, the skin stretching at the joint of his arm disintegrated and blew away, revealing the joint and knobs of the humerus. The skin quickly regrew. Like they're like skins made of ash. Ash. Yeah. Yeah. So two unidentified, unidentified spren. Mm -hmm. One that's like cracked stone with glowing molten lava inside. Right. Mm -hmm. And then one that's made out of like <clears throat> paper thin ash that like would break apart and reform as they, so as they're walking, there's this trail of ash that yeah. just kind of floats off of them, constantly being rejuvenated. Right. Really fucking cool. It's, it's crazy so, cool. So these two are probably spren that would bond a radiant that we don't have as main characters yet because they don't sound familiar, do they? No. So not. there's the there's a, only one character that that a, a radiant that we've met that um that we don't really know anything about their spread, and that's Malata. That's uh, Teravangians, and we know they're a dust bringer, right? But there are other there are other kinds of uh, um spread, other kinds of orders that we don't even know anything about yet. Right. <laughs> the variety reminded Kaladin of the costumes of the Cult of Moments. Yeah. Though he didn't spot a single honor spren. Yeah, I found that to be very odd. Yeah. No honor spren. Are they all hiding? Or is Sil more special than we know? Right. Right. Well, we do see some at the end of this chapter. They're on a ship. They're on a ship. That's right. So there are some in the city, but they're just not up in and uh, out and about with all these other people. 
Mm. Like maybe they keep to themselves a little bit more. And it didn't seem like the other spren mixed much. Yeah. Humans humans were rare enough that the three of them, including Sill, imitating as an Alethi, turned heads. Mm-hmm. Mm, so they're the rarity here. Yeah. Which which is another element I just I love. Yeah, it's great. Um buildings were constructed using bricks in a variety of colors. I I'm sorry, when I first read this line, I thought, okay, we're in Legoland. Yeah. I, it, it feels like that a little bit, right? It does. It just, it with a variety of colors or blocks of many different types of stone. I didn't know what to think. I'm th- like, this seemed like Lego. Yeah. Instead of building this one building with one type of stone, it's made up of all kinds of different ki- kinds of stone. And it right. looks, it must look amazing. Each building was a hodgepodge of materials with no pattern Kaladin could determine. How do they get building materials? Kaladin asks as they followed the money changers instructions. Are there quarries on this side? Sill frowned. I, she cocked her head. You know, I'm not sure. I think maybe we make it appear on this side somehow. From yours, like Ico did with the ice? So maybe they have a, so, like a, 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 a contraption that allows them to farm the material from the other side. Right. I got to say something here. Okay. Sill does this a lot. The, oh, okay, I don't know. Where she is asked a question mm-hmm. and then she begins it with I, and then there's the ellipsis mm-hmm. and then she, you know, cocks her head or moves her hand or some, adjusts something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she says, you know, I'm not actually sure. It, it's hard to know whether or not Seal in that moment is being deceptive. Okay. So there's a couple of things that could be happening here and let's lay them out because this is something that's come up for the last three books. Either Syl knows and she's not right. sharing on purpose. Right. Right. Either she doesn't know. Right. Um, and she so is she, suffering. So she begins so she begins the sentence almost like, Yeah, I I know this. And then she goes, I Oh, oh, oh where's my memories? Actually, that's I don't what know. we've been yeah. led to believe this whole time right. is that so I, she and, hasn't and more... fully remembered who she is and all the things she knows. Okay. The so, real reason probably behind it though. Mm. is that this is a mechanic for Sanderson to not tell us too much. Right. If Sill always knows the answers to all the things, then he doesn't get to tease it out over the course of three or four chapters or a book or a whole series, right? It was Brandon, Mr. Sanderson (laughs) all all along. along. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've figured it out. It yeah. was the author. Now, there might come a time when Syl will come into herself and be like, oh, I remember it all. And there was a moment like that when in at the end of Way yeah. of Kings when she's like, I right. know what kind of spren I am. Spren I am. Right? Yeah. So there might be more moments like that. I really do feel, though, that it is a, um, a tr- uh, like a, a writing utensil for Sanderson to be able to it's make tool, sure. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely well, using well, it as a tool. He made Sill such that, you're right, because it would be, just be... It's a little she frustrating. She would be a walking encyclopedia. Because you, later on yeah. in this chapter, the option that you said comes to mm. be, where she's like, actually, I do know some stuff and I haven't been telling you because I do know that I'm wanted and I'm this and I'm that. Right. So the fact that... Both things are true at the same time. Make it very yeah. like: is this a moment where she's lying, or is just the other I don't moment think she's she was necessarily lying? lying? It's just I, I just wonder. Is well, the, she's not lying, thing. but she's withholding information. Yeah, right. 
Well, it's hilarious how she deals with her wanted her wanted poster, yeah. her wanted uh, yeah. her element. That's whatever, really yeah. funny. I love the way she responds. But we'll get to it in a second. Yeah. Um. Okay. So she cocks her head. You know, I'm not really sure. Um. When Kaladin asks about the quarries, with, with regards to the building materials, they seem to wear whatever Adolin says. Pointing. Awesome. That's an Alethi officer's coat with over an Azish scribe's vest. Tashiki wrap worn with trousers, and there's almost a full Phelan to Limco, but they're missing the boots. No children, Kaladin noticed. Um, there have been a few, Sil says. They just don't look little like human children. Well, how does that even work? Adolin asks. Well, it's certainly less messy than your method. <laughs> she scrunches up her face. She says, we're made of power, like bits of gods. There are places where the power coalesces and parts start to be aware. You go and then come back with the child, I think. Adolin chuckles. What? Kaladin asks. That's actually not that different from what my nanny told me when I asked her where children come from. <laughs> a nonsense story about parents baking a new child out of creme clay. Right. It doesn't happen often, Sil says, as they passed a group of the ash-colored spren sitting around a table and watching the crowds. They eyed the humans with overt hostility, and one flicked fingers toward Kaladin. Those fingers exploded into bits of dust, leaving bones that grew back the flesh. Dust. Yeah, so dust, dust bringer. bringer. And hostile. So that's mm. kind of a little... Yeah, you're right. It's indicative that uh, the Teravangians... Uh, now, what's the name of that character? Uh... Hang on. Oh, I'm trying to think of it. Which character? Teravangian's uh, ward, or not ward, um, but... Uh, um, Radian? Yeah. M Malata. Malata, that's it, sorry. It took me a bit to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, the, the inclusion of dust here might make yeah, it so I think that you're the right. ash I think that's a clue. might be... Like these ashy spren, the, uh, these ash spren might be the spren of the dust bringers. And could be a little hostile. Right. Yeah. Well, then we As know that I'm... they like to, to use division and to destroy things to see what's inside, which always kind of right. seemed really creepy. Yeah. Interesting. Um, doesn't happen often. Caled in the finger. Okay. Raising children doesn't happen often. Adolin asks. Still nods. It's rare. Most spren will go hundreds of years without doing it. Hundreds of years? Storms, Kaladin whispered, considering it. Most of these spren are that old. Or older, Sil says. But aging isn't the same with spren. Like time isn't. We don't learn as fast or change much without a bond. That's interesting, oh, We don't right? learn as fast or change much without a bond. So they stay in this, like really normal level when they're just spren not really mm -hmm. caring much about stuff not really learning anything new right. uh, um, they, they could spend hundreds of years in Shadesmar just being content and being yeah. regular and then when they get a bond then they're starting to learn more and they're starting to like see the world uh, differently yeah. And, yeah it's neat towers in the city center showed the time by way of fires burning in a set of vertical holes Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So they could judge how to meet back with the others in an hour, as agreed. The market turned out to be mostly roofless stalls open to the air with 
goods piled on tables. Even in comparison to the improvised markets of Urathiru, this seemed ephemeral to Kaladin. But there were no storm winds to worry about here, so it probably made sense. They passed a clothing stall, and of course, Adolin insisted on stopping. Mm-hmm. The oily spren who managed the place had an odd, very terse way of talking with a strange use of words, but it did speak Alethi, unlike most of Iko's crew. Mm-hmm. Kaladin waited for the prince to finish until Syl stepped up and presented herself in an oversized poncho tied with a belt. On her head, she wore a large, floppy hat. What's that? Clothes? Well, why do you need clothes? Yours are built in. Those are boring. Well, can't you change them? Take stormlight on this side, she says. Plus, the dress is part of my essence. So I'm actually walking around naked all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's so funny. It's not the same, Kaladin says. Easy for you to say. We bought you clothing. You have three sets. Three, he said, looking down at his clothing. I have my uniform and this one Iko gave me. Plus the one you're wearing underneath that one. What, underwear? Yeah, that means you have three sets of clothing. Well, I have none. We need two sets so one can be washed while we wear the other. Just so you won't be stinky. She rolled her eyes in an exaggerated way. Look, you can give these to Shalon when I get bored with them. You know she likes hats. I love, uh, I love all this hang here. Hang on there. She likes hats, yeah. so she knows about Vale, I think. Yeah, well, she was, was wearing Vale's hat, like the yeah. Baluth-style hat, um, right. when they came to Shadesmar and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I love how she's like, she's she doesn't think it's fair. <laughs> like, you have three sets of clothes, no. and I don't have you any. Have three I'm sets. pretty much naked. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to get... Uh, <laughs> it's, so like gonna, a, it's like I a sibling, this. right? It's like going, oh, but mom, Kaladin has three <laughs> sets of clothes. <laughs> right. I think I like this look too of the poncho and the floppy hat. Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah. I like her like, you know, pulling the hat like over her eyes, like mm-hmm. so no one can see her. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I just I just think it's neat. That was true. She likes hats. Right. He sighs and then at and Adolin returned with another set of underclothing for each of them, along with a skirt for Shalon. Kaladin had him haggle for the clothing Syl was wearing too. The prices were shockingly cheap, using a tiny fraction of the money from their writ. They continued on, passing by stalls that sold building materials. According to the signs Sil could read, some items were far more expensive than others. Sil seemed to think the difference had to do with how permanent the thing was in Shadesmar, which made Kaladin worry for the clothing they'd bought. Right. That it would just... It it, it would just disappear. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and now we're all naked. <laughs> and now we're all naked. They found a place selling weapons. Okay. And Adolin tried to negotiate while Kaladin browsed. Some kitchen knives, a few hand axes, and sitting in a locked glass-topped box, a long, thin silvery chain. You like? The shopkeeper asks. She was made of vines. Her face formed as if from green string, and she wore a hava with a crystal safe hand exposed. Only a thousand bromes of stormlight. A thousand bromes, Kaladin asks. You can almost buy our own ship for that. Right. It's true. It's, to- it's totally so. Yeah, it totally is. Uh, he, looked down, he looked down at the box, which was locked to the table and guarded by small orange spren that looked like people. 
No thanks, he says. The pricing here really was bizarre. Yeah. So super cheap, great deal, and then whoa, a thousand brooms. Whatever that whatever that chain is, it's something super rare. Yeah. We don't know what it is. It, it, no. It could be that the, these Silver. people here in Celebrant think that this thing is expensive when it really isn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That could be. It could be plastic. Could be <laughs> could be plastic. <laughs> yeah. The swords proved more expensive than Adolin wanted. But he did but he did buy them two harpoons. Oh yeah, I remember this, the harpoons. Mm-hmm. And Kaladin felt a lot more secure once one was placed in his hands. Walking on, Kaladin noted that Syl was hunkered down in her oversized poncho, her hair tucked into the collar, and her hat pulled down to shadow her face. It seemed like she didn't trust Shallan's illusion to keep her from being recognized. Yeah. The food stall they found had mostly cans like those on the ship. Adolin started haggling, and Kaladin settled in for another wait. Scanning those who passed on the pathway for danger, he found his eyes drawn, however, to a stall across from them, selling art. Kaladin had never had much time for art. Either the picture depicted something useful, like a map, or it was basically pointless. And yet, nestled among the paintings for display was a small one, painted from thick strokes of oil, white and red, with lines of black. And when he looked away, he found himself drawn back for, back toward it, studying the way the highlights played off those dark lines, like nine shadows, he thought, with a figure kneeling in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, so great. Yeah. I love that he finds this. But just a minute, just before this, the haggling. Yeah. Dude, like, I, haggling, that's, that's not me. Is you don't like you? to haggle? No. I mean, God, there's no. not I, really, I, can in fact, you haggle I for pay, anything anymore? I want to pay more. Do you? Yeah. Because, because I think about just the entire transaction right. of a given thing. You know, whether I'm buying uh, uh, a carton of milk or whether I'm purchasing uh, a book or, or or whatever it is. Right. You know, I, I just figure there, there's a long chain here to make this item. Right. To produce this good and service. And what I'm hoping is that along the way of that chain, that everyone is making uh, a decent amount of money, being right. rewarded for their talent, their time, their time on this planet. Right. We all share that, the same time. Different talents, but we share the same time. Right. Is that why you don't... And Hold on. Is that why you don't let us negotiate in D&D when we're buying stuff? <laughs> well, no. It, the I, price I, is I, what I, it I, is. I, I don't mind... No, I don't mind negotiating that. When we have we have negotiated. We have, we have. I'm just... In, in real life, like, whoa, I can't do it. I am not a haggler. I mean, can like, you find I, a space where you can haggle? I'm the sure it's very I mean everything's you go to like a market maybe like a you know a flea market or like a you can haggle with those people you can't walk into Indigo and go actually I'd like to buy this book for $25 please well you could you just may not get the results right (laughs) right exactly but I'm the kind of guy who might show up with the thing uh, you know it's on sale and be like do you really want to sell it to me on sale really because I think you probably deserve the extra money you might be shortchanging yourself right right (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, it comes up later with Noah Dawn about, you know, shopping and doing the simple things. Yeah, that's right. And haggling is part of it. Like, it's, it seems like 
whatever transaction you you so it's it's like your instinct is oh what's the price of this 250 yeah i don't want to pay 250 i want to pay a dollar right you know and it's just that whole process to me is so alien you would like, be I the just, you would be the sucker I at don't. the market like i'll give you well, 250 i'll is, give you 3 dollars for even, it it's not even about being a sucker per se it's more look i i look at the given thing if i can afford the price yeah. i'll proceed If I can't afford it or don't think it's worth that, then I don't proceed. And so that's just me though. I'm just not, I'm not a haggler. Totally agree. I I think that there's, (laughs) our modern world has no place for haggling unless you are, you know, going to garage sales or like, yeah, yeah. I just, I just can't do it. I, I, I'll happily, I'll get some popcorn, watch somebody else do it. No problem. I just, uh, it's. You know, I just can't do it. Right. It's like math. I don't do math. I don't do. Well, uh, that's what haggling is, really. It, well, it's very, trying to change right. the math. That's why you don't like it. That's you're right. It always circles back to math. You're right. It makes it makes the transaction more complicated. What do you mean? Sorry, sorry, sir. What do you mean? I could pay less for this. Hold on. How much is less? Oh, fuck it. I'll just pay what you're asking. <laughs> right. Right. Because because you got to go through math. Because then I have to minus something from a something. No, I don't like to minus something from a something. I got to minus something. I got to negotiate. I got to I got to negotiate. I got to figure out where this person is. I got to remember the person's name. It, it all math. The list. Brr, it's matrix. Brr, it's so. I don't fun. want it. It's the, it's I the can't green. It. It's the green letters down from the yeah, matrix. Brr, is yeah. that what happens? As soon as when it you gets haggle? complicated, yeah. you're like, I'm actually, out. no, Trinity. I'm good. I don't need new pants. Trinity. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, that was an aside, but okay. So Kaladin, Nine Shadows, he finds this piece of art. When are we going to get the oil sworn? Did you think that this was oil sworn? I like a painting by oil sworn. Well, I don't know. I mean, it could be. It it's says just, who I it want... is later, like the, the the lady at the um, the the. Oh yeah, she says That's who right. it is. But I was wondering if you thought maybe this painting might have been an oil sworn painting. Yeah, because of how yeah. much I I know you love the oil sworn. I do. I just love this idea. I, I I've dreamed up this oil sworn you know, character, this like Renaissance painter kind of yeah, guy. like a bard, like an adventuring bard who paints and like... Yeah, but but the paintings are so much more... I loved what they said here about this particular piece of art, where each person who views it sees, sees it. something different. Yeah, it's that really cool. That is amazing. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah, it's really cool. Anyway, okay. We get a little scene change. Um, we go to the Ashen Spren. They were waving excitedly pointing to the east and then making a cutting motion. Hmm. She spoke a language Shalon couldn't understand, but fortunately Pattern could interpret. Ah, he says, mm, yes, I see. She will not sail back to cultivation's perpendicularity. Hmm, no, she will not go. Well, same excuse, Shalon asks. Yes, void spren, sailing warships, and demanding tribute from any who approach. Oh, and she says she would rather trade with Honor Spren than take another trip to the perpendicularity. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a dig. Yeah, and Pattern says so. He's like, I think this is an <coughs> insult. <laughs> and yeah, he laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Void Spren, Azure says, can she at least explain what that means? The Ashen Spren began speaking quickly after Pattern asked, Hmm, there are many varieties, she says, some of golden light and others of red shadows. Curious, yes. And it sounds like some of the fused are with them. 
men with shells that can fly. I did not know this. So what? they, ta- they talked prompted? about it before where Captain Ico was like, you know, there's a lot of commotion going on near mm-hmm. uh, uh, cultivation's perpendicularity. Some of the, uh, some, there's some stuff going on, but they didn't tell us right. what that stuff was. No, no, they didn't. Um, Asia asks what shades mark pattern continues Shadesmar has been changing these last months Voidspring have arrived mysteriously just west of the nexus of imagination near Marat or Tukar on your side hmm and they have sailed up and seized the perpendicularity she says <clears throat> you need but split into a crowd and you'll find one these days <laughs> I do not think she actually has spit. <laughs> it's funny. He takes it literally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a problem. Yeah. They've taken over the perpendicularity. Yeah. So that's. So now what are they going to do? That's not an option now. That's right. Shaland and Azure shared a look at, as the sailor retreated onto her ship to which Mandras were being harnessed. The spren of Adolin's sword lingered nearby seeming content to stay where told. Passers-by looked away from her as if embarrassed to see her there. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. There oh. seems to be some kind of like... Embarrassed. Yeah, um, like cultural, like shame or something, you know what I mean? To be scratched out. It might have to do more with... Um, I, I've got The Crown on my brain. Tracy and I have been trying to watch the last season of The Crown. Okay. And it makes me think about a little about how that episode in like season two or three or whatever, where the royal family, where Princess Margaret finds out that there's some of their family members, some cousins who had, um, some physical ailments of like the mental variety and were tucked away in like a home to never be seen by the country. Mm. And it was like this shameful thing that they did. And it feels a little bit like that. Maybe it's just cause it's fresh in my brain because of the crown, but mm. it feels a little bit like that. Like other spren look at dead eyes and think and, and feel shame, not necessarily because of what the dead eyes are, but because of how they treat dead eyes. Like they, it right. makes them feel a certain way because of the guilt they feel for how they treat the dead eyes, which is like lower than, than life or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Very, very strange way to, uh, to, 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 to do it. Well, says Azure, the dock registrar was right. No ships are sailing towards the peaks or towards Thalen city. Those destinations are too close to enemy holdings. Well, maybe we could try for the shattered plains instead. Shalon said that meant going east a direction ships were most likely to travel these days. It would mean going away from both what Kaladin and Azure wanted, but at least it'd be something. Mm-hmm. If they got there, they'd still need to find a way to engage the Oathgate on this side. And what if she failed? She imagined them trapped in some far-off location, surrounded by beads, slowly starving. Let's keep asking the ships on our list, she says, leading the way. The next ship in line was a long, stately vessel made of white wood with golden trim. That's that's white wood, but is that just paint? Maybe. Or maybe it's white wood. Yeah, or maybe it's white wood. Its entire presentation seemed to say, good luck affording me. (laughs) 
even yeah and I it's love funny it. because it's great. D- doesn't the captain or someone just laugh yeah, as they approach that's them? right even the mandras being led toward it from one of the warehouses wore gold harnesses according to the list from the dock registrar this was heading someplace called lasting integrity which was to the southwest that was kind of the direction Kaladin wanted to go, so Shalon had Pattern stop one of the grooms and ask if the captain of the ship would be likely to take human passengers. The groom, a spren that looked like she was made of fog or mist, merely laughed and walked off as she heard a grand joke. <laughs> I suppose, Azure says, we should take that as a no. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, the next ship in line was a sleek vessel that looked fast to Shallan's untrained eyes. A good choice, the registrar had noted, and likely to be welcoming toward humans. Indeed, a spren working on the deck waved as they approached. He put one booted foot up on the side of his ship and looked down with a grin. What kind of spren, Shallan thought, has skin like cracked rock? Mm-hmm. He glowed deep from within, as if molten on the inside. Cool. Are you humans? He called in Veden, reading Shallan's hair as a sign of her heritage. You're far from home. Or close, I suppose, just in the wrong realm. We're looking for passage, Shallan calls back up. Where are you sailing? East, he says, towards free light. Could we potentially negotiate passage? Sure, he calls down. Always interesting to have humans aboard. Just don't eat my pet chicken. Ah, but negotiations will have to wait. We've got an inspection soon. Come back in half an hour. Negotiations will have to be... So, the haggling process. Right, the math right. Part. The dock registrar had mentioned this, that there would be inspections. Inspections of the ships happened at first hour every day. What? At first hour? Mm-hmm. Like multiple times a day, these inspections. I don't know. <clears throat> or at the first hour of light, like first yeah, start maybe. of the day? Yeah, Shalon and the <clears throat> team backed off and... She suggested returning to their meeting place near the dock registrar. As they approached, Shalon could see that Iko's ship was already under inspection by a dock official. Another spren made of vines and crystal. Maybe we could convince Iko to take us if we just tried harder. Perhaps... Azure's breath caught and she grabbed Shalon by the shoulder, yanking her into an alley between two warehouses. Out of sight, out of ship. Sorry, out of sight of the ship. Damnation, she says. First, I thought this was an alcove. Right. And I thought she oh. was pulling her in for, I was like, oh, oh, well. Azure. Um, damnation. What, Shallan demanded, as Pattern said lethargically. Adel and Spren joined them. Look up there, Azure says, talking with Iko on the poop deck. Okay. Probably the first mention of poop. In the in the uh, entire in the Stormlight. Stormlight archives, yeah, this yeah. is the first. Yeah. This is the inaugural poop mention, right? Um, I wonder if it's just now that we've opened the floodgates, we're just going to get all kinds of poop uh, references now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but <laughs> like I found it. Oh, <laughs> we just traversed all of uh, Shadesmar. Am I pooped? Well, actually, that that could be a a hint here. Azure says poop deck. That's a term that we use. Right. Yeah. Is that a hint towards Azure? Well, Shalon doesn't say what comes from another realm. Like she doesn't have any kind of, you know. Shalon doesn't react to it. No. So maybe poop deck is like something that's just said 
through the whole Cosmere, like everyone in every world. Because because if it was an oddity, Shalon should have said something like, "No, we're we're, we're not going to do that kind of thing." On, on we're not going to you poop on a deck. No. What? Excuse me. No, we don't. We, we, we where we, uh, who's pooping? Actually, actually, Azure, we don't do that here. We don't have butts. Actually. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't. <laughs> Um, Shalon <laughs> frowns and then peeks out, spotting what she'd missed earlier. A figure stood up there with the marbled skin of a parchment. He floated a foot or two off the deck next to Iko, looming like a stern tutor over a foolish student. The spren with the vines and crystal body walked up reporting to this one. Perhaps, Azure said, we should have asked who runs the inspections. Mm-hmm. So here we go. There it is. So, little scene change here. Calden's harpoon drew nervous glances as he crossed the pathway between stalls to get a closer look at the painting. Can Spren even be hurt in this realm? A part of him wondered. The sailors wouldn't carry harpoons if things couldn't be killed on this side, right? Mm-hmm. He'd have to ask Sill about this once he was done in interpreting for Adolin. Calden stepped up to the painting. The ones beside it showed far more technical prowess. They were capable portraits, perfectly capturing their human subjects, but this one was sloppy by comparison. It looked like the painter had taken a knife covered in paint and slopped it onto the canvas, making general shapes haunting and beautiful shapes, mostly reds and whites, but with a figure at the center throwing out nine shadows. Mm -hmm. Dalinar, he thought. I failed, Elokar, and after all we went through, after the ruins and confronting Moash, I failed, and I lost your city. He reached up his fingers to touch the painting. Marvelous, isn't it? Aspren said. Kaladin jumped, sheepishly lowering his fingers. The proprietor of this stall was a Reacher woman, short with a bronze ponytail. It's a unique piece, human, she says, from the far-off court of gods, a painting intended only for a divinity to see. It is exceptionally rare that one escapes being burned at the court and makes its way onto the market. Escapes being burned. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so these paintings, th these depictions are not welcome. In where it's from. Right. From the far off that court of too. gods. Mm -hmm. That sounds very different than what we've that what we're used to far off court of gods yeah we you mean in the tranquiline halls maybe hmm nine shadows kaladin says is it the unmade this is a piece of uh Nenifra. so there's our name mm -hmm. Nenifra. it is said that each person who sees one of his masterworks sees something different and to think I charge such a minuscule price, only 300 bromes worth of stormlight. Truly, times are difficult in the art market. <laughs> now this time, Kaladin is the one who says, I... Ellipsis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Haunting images from Kaladin's vision overlapped the stark wedges of paint on the canvas. He needed to reach Thalen City. He had to be there on time. What was that disturbance behind him, though? Kaladin shook out of his reverie and glanced over his shoulder. Just in time to see Adolin jogging up toward him. We have a problem, the young prince said. Mm -hmm. So good. I love this. Yeah. <clears throat> Little scene. 
Um, go back to Shalon here. And Shalon says, how, how could you not mention this? Shalon says to the little spren at the registrar's office. How could you neglect to point out that void, that void spren ruled the city? I thought everyone knew, he said, vines curling and moving at the corners of his face. Oh dear, oh my, anger is not helpful, human. I am, I am a professional. It is not my job to explain things you should already know. He's still on Ico's ship, Azure said, looking at the, looking out the office window. Why is he still on Ico's ship? That is odd, the Spren said. Each inspection usually takes only 13 minutes. Damnation. Shalon breathed out, trying to calm herself. Coming back to the registrar had been a calculated risk. He was probably working with the Fused, but they hoped to intimidate him into talking. Mm -hmm. When did it happen, Shalon asks. My Spren friend told us that this was a free city. It's been months now, the Vine Spren said. Oh, they, they don't have firm control here, mind you. Just a few officials. And promises from our leaders to follow. Two fused check in on us now and then. I think the other is quite insane. Uh, Kirill, or is it Kyril or Kirill? Mm, but I don't think it matters. Uh, who is running the inspections. Well, he might be mad too, actually. You see, when he gets angry, damnation, Azure cursed. What? He just set Iko's ship on fire. Yeah. Like, so it's so it's so it's such an interesting thing to have come <clears throat> to celebrant mm -hmm. on a ship, and then the ship is being burned. Right. It's just uh, I don't know. There's something. And Shalon about that. was just, just thinking maybe we could convince Captain Iko to take us if we just tried a little harder. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if our uh, characters are here in Shadesmar for longer than they think. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm like starting the, to Like, the expectation seems to be that they're going to get out soon, right? It, yeah, it would, and, and they certainly want that more than anything, right. but I, I don't know. I, I, you feel like they're here for a little longer. I feel like or there's you're starting something... starting to get that feeling? I'm starting to get that feeling. I mean, the ship being burned, I mean, that's very symbolic. Like, yeah. you just, you burn the ship that you came on. Right. Yeah, that's right? true. No that back. is very true, actually. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so we, so we get another scene change here. I, li I like these little scene changes yeah. because it, it goes back and forth between what's yeah, important. Yeah, it's really, really great. Kaladin ran back across the street to find Syl uh, in a center of activity. She had pulled an oversized her oversized hat down to obscure her face, but a collection of spren stood around the food stall, pointing at her and talking. Kaladin shoved his way through, took Syl by the arm, and pulled her away from the stall. Adolin followed, holding his harpoon in one hand and a sack of food in the other. He looked threateningly toward the spren in the gathered crowd, who didn't give chase. They recognize you, Kaladin said to Syl, even with the, illusor the illusory skin color. Uh, maybe. Syl, she held her hat with one hand, her other arm in his hand as he towed her through the street. So, you know how I mentioned I snuck away from the other honor spren? Yes. So there might have been an enormous reward for my return, posted in basically every port in Shadesmar with my description and, and some pictures? Um, yeah. <laughs> You've been forgiven, Kaladin said. The Stormfather has accepted your bond to me. Your siblings are watching Bridge Four. 
investigating potential bonds themselves. Well, that's kind of recent, Kaladin, and I doubt I've been forgiven. The others on the Shattered Plains wouldn't even talk to me. As far as they're concerned, I'm a disobedient child. There's still an incredible reward in Stormlight to be given to the person that delivers me to the Honor Spren capital. Lasting integrity. That's the name the of the Honor capital. Spren capital. That's Lasting where... Lasting integrity. Isn't that an awesome right. name for a city? Yeah. As you didn't... I wonder I wonder if it's like LA, like instead of like LA. It's <laughs> LI. LA. I love yeah. LA. <laughs> it's the city it's the city of LA. Um and you didn't think this was important to tell me? Sure I did. Right now. That's hilarious. Right. You didn't think it was but that's still classic through and through. Doesn't let them in on stuff that she knows until until it's relevant or in the moment. And this reinforces and, what you were saying earlier about like, how am I supposed to believe Shalon doesn't know a thing when something right. like this happens when she definitely knew a thing and didn't share it? Right. Yeah, it's crazy. She knew it was going to be a problem. She asked, like she got Shalon to give her a disguise with Stormlight. She knew this was going to be an issue. Right. Um, they stopped to allow Adolin to catch up. The Spren back at the food stall were still talking. This news would spread throughout Celebrant before long. Kaladin glared at Syl, who pulled down into the oversized poncho she'd bought. Azure is a bounty hunter, she said in a small voice, and I'm, I'm kind of like a Spren light eyes. I didn't want you to know, in case you hated me, like you hate them. <laughs> Isn't that sad? So... That's sad. Yeah. But that's awesome. She didn't want Kaladin to think any less of her. Right. Right? Kaladin sighs, taking her by the arm again and pulling her toward the docks. I should have known that that disguise wouldn't work, she added. I'm obviously too beautiful and interesting to hide. <laughs> and so is Jack. News, yeah, news of this might make it hard to get passage, Kaladin said. We... And he stops in the street. Is that smoke up ahead? Right scene change. The fuse touched down on the quay, tossing Iko to the ground of the docks. Behind Iko's ship had become a raging bonfire. The other sailors and inspectors scrambled down the gangway in a frantic jumble. Shalon watched from the window, her breath caught as the fuse lifted a few inches off the ground and then glided toward the registrar's building. Man, they're coming right over to Yeah. Them. I know, it's awesome. Yeah. She sucked in Stormlight by reflex. Look, look frightened, she said to the others. She grabbed Adolin Spren by the arm and pulled her to the side of the clerk's room. The fused burst in and found them cringing, wearing the faces of sailors that Shallan had sketched. She Pattern, like in an instant, right? just she cast disguised them like that, that, bard that bard spell and made all of them look like, like Reachers. Yeah. Fucking awesome, dude. So great. Yeah. Pattern was the oddest one, his strange head needing to be covered by a hat to have any semblance of looking real. Thank gosh for these hats. Man, hats, hats for I the win. I think hats for the win. <laughs> hats for the win. I think this is, this is a series about hats. You know how we were like, uh, my highlight is hats. I think it's hats. <laughs> hats, hats, hats. So great. Please, uh. Please don't notice we're the same sailors as on the ship. Yeah, right. So she's just repeating. Please don't notice that we're the same. Right. Please don't notice. Um, the fused ignored them, 
gliding up to the frightened fine spren behind the desk. That ship was hiding human criminals, Pattern whispered, translating the fuse conversation with the registrar. They had a hydrator and remnants of human food eaten on the deck. There are two or three humans, one honor spren and one ink spren. Have you seen these criminals? The vine spren cringed. They went to the market for needed supplies. They asked me for ships that would get them passage to the perpendicularity. You hid this from me? Why does everyone assume I'll just tell them things? Oh, I need questions, not assumptions. The fused regarded him with a cold glare. Put that out, he said, gesturing toward the fire. Use the city's sand stores if needed. Yes, great one, if I might say... Starting fires on the docks is an unwise, you may not say, and when you finish putting out the fire, clear your things from this office. You are to be replaced immediately. The fused charged out of the room, letting in the scent of smoke. Iko's ship foundered, the blaze flaring high. Nearby, sailors from other ships were frantically trying to control their mandras and move their vessels away. Oh, oh my, said the spren behind the desk. He looked at them. You! You are radiant. The old oaths are spoken again. Yes, Shallan says, helping Adolin Spren to her feet. The frightened little Spren sat up straighter. Oh, glorious day, glorious. We have waited so long for the honor of men to return. He stood up and gestured. Go, please, get on a ship. I will stall, yes, I will, if that one comes back. Oh, but go quickly. Cool. This is this is really cool. I I like the um this is the first time it kind of felt like uh like all this talk of radiance has been a little um what's the word complicated, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um because of the past, people there are several peoples that don't know how they feel about radiance. Right. Some right. some some venerate this idea. So in this case in Shadesmar this particular spren is very excited about the return of honor. Yeah, I, I love how we, how they put it because we we keep hearing stuff like, "You're human, you break your oaths. It's just what you do. It's what you do, right?" Yeah. But this one's like, "We've waited for honor to return to to, to humans, to men." Yeah, yeah. It's really really cool. Yeah, it is neat, and it and, and it, it made me feel like being a radiant is really special. Yeah, like I, I like to think that like <clears throat> there are like spread on this side being like, don't worry, one day honor will <laughs> yeah. return to men. You we'll know what return, I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, it just I I like how it's like kind of baked in there. Like yeah, like you know we we would have thought they would have had to have hidden this, but. There's some people are wait are literally waiting for this to happen. Mm-hmm. You know? Glorious day, yeah. The other th- little thing I want to point out here is that um, pattern is translating what's being said, and the That's fused right. is looking for two or three humans, an honor spren, and not and a an cryptic, but an ink spren. Right. So not pattern, but like think they have their information slightly wrong. So they think pattern is an ink sprint. Maybe, yeah, because they have this similar, like, um, kind of like cloaks that they wear, mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. similar, like clo- they don't have similar cloaks, but they have clothing on their their, their person. I don't know why the 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 fused is confused. <laughs> the fused is the fused is confused. Right, you know here, what it but... could be. You mm. know what it could be. Maybe being a cryptic, 
Yeah. Is that's part of it, is that you're not easily discernible. Right. It's almost like... Light uh, weaving, that kind of thing? I don't know. Like, it has like to do maybe, with the light weaving? I don't know. Or it could be... Um, it could, the other funny version of this is that oh, it what? could be Pattern, who is translating what? it wrong, being like, oh, they're not looking for me. They're looking for an ink sprint. But the person oh, said... <laughs> got it wrong. Take, yeah. Like, right. Or he just decided to change it because like, oh, it's, I'm safe, guys. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. We get the, I think it's the final scene change here to finish the chapter. Yeah. Kaladin sensed something on the air. Perhaps it was the flapping of clothing familiar to him after hours spent riding the winds. Perhaps it was the postures of the people farther down the street. He reacted before he understood what it was, grabbing Syl and Adolin, pulling them all into a tent on the edge of the market. A fused sword passed outside, so his instincts were right. Yeah. Yeah. This is Sp- this is Spidey sense. It's shadow trailing from behind, pointing the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Storms, Adolin says. Nice work, Cal. The tent was occupied only by a single bewildered spren made of smoke, looking odd in a green cap and what seemed to be horn-eater clothing. Funny. Out, Caledon says, the smell of smoke on the air filling him with dread. They hurried down an alleyway between warehouses, out onto the docks. Farther down, Iko's ship burned brilliantly. There was chaos on the docks as Spren ran in all directions, shouting in their strange language. Sill gasped, pointing at a ship bedecked in white and gold. We have to hide now. So the one that was too expensive for people to to get on? Right. It's the Honor Spren ship. Right. Right. Honor Spren? Kaladin asks. Yeah. Pull down your hat. Go back into the alley, Kaladin scanned the crowd. Adolin, do you see the others? No, he says. Ishar's soul, there's no water to put that fire out. It will burn for hours. What, ha- what happened? One of Iko's sailors stepped from the crowd. I saw a flash from something the fused was holding. I think he intended to frighten Iko, but started the fire by accident. Wait, Kaladin thought. Was that Alethi? Shalon? He asks as four reachers gathered around. I'm right here, said a different one. We are in trouble. The only ship that might have agreed to give us passage is that one there. The one sailing away at full speed, Kaladin said with a sigh. Hmm. Nobody else would consider taking us on, Azure says. And they were all heading the wrong direction anyway. We're about to be stranded. We could try fighting our way onto a ship. <laughs> I love how Kaladin's like, yeah. we could always try fighting. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it is a, a doable thing because between Cal and Adolin, you know, these two guys could take out most people. Like, they're yeah. really good. So we they're could really take good. over a ship, but then we're left to have to sail the ship <laughs> by ourselves. Right. I hope it has a manual. Yeah. Um, we could try fighting our way. Take control of it, maybe. Adolin shakes his head. I think that would take long enough and make enough trouble that the fused would find us. Well, maybe I could fight him, Kaladin says. Only one enemy. I should be able to take him. Using all our stormlight in the process, Shetlan asks. I'm just trying to think of something. Guys, Sil says, I might have an idea. A great, bad idea. The fused went looking for you, Shalon said to Kaladin. It flew to the market. It passed us. Guys, Sil says again. Not for long, though. It's going to turn around soon. Turns out Sil has a bounty on her head. Guys, 
she asks again. We need a plan, Kaladin says. If nobody... He trailed off. Syl had started running toward the majestic white and gold ship, which was slowly being pulled away from the docks. She threw down her poncho and hat and then screamed up at the ship while running along the pier beside it. Hey, she screams. Hey, look down here. The vessel stopped ponderously, handlers slowing its mandras. Three blue-white honor spren appeared at the side, looking down with utter shock. Silfrina, the ancient daughter, one shouted. Mm-hmm. That's me, she shouted back. The ancient daughter. Well, let's let, let's just quickly just talk about that for a second because... Sure. Remember she said her radiant that she was bonded to Right. Died like of natural causes, not, he didn't like, um, break his oath. He just died. Right. Freeing her of the bond. Right. And then all of the radio, uh, all of the, uh, the ancient <clears throat> honor spren that were, bo- that, that were bonded back then all had their oaths break. So they all became dead eyes. And then she like went into the slumber for like hundreds of years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she is an ancient honor spren from a long forgotten time and all the honor spren that are around now are probably new honor spren and she's one of the only ones that are from that that ancient time so calling her ancient daughter you you know you were like oh maybe uh, sill's more important than we think yeah she is and she's told us so she is we just didn't realize what it meant for honor spren society so how far back do you think she goes? Well, and is she tied to Roshar or is it further back? It's, it, it, it's, we don't really know how long ago. I mean, I think we do know, but we, it's harder for us while potting to keep remembering mm. when things are. Okay. Right. But the recreants was a long time, a long time ago. And right. that's when, when all the, uh, honor spren would have become dead eyes when the radiance broke their oaths. So she's mm. at least like a thousand years older or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe even older, depending on when the recreance was. Um, this is when we would have a super producer be like, actually guys, <laughs> bah, 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 bah. Super, not just a regular producer, a super producer, a but we don't have one producer. of those. So maybe it'll be in the, uh, the info <laughs> dump, uh, but, um, but yeah, so it, she's, it, yeah, old. yeah. Me, so she's from a, like a different time period from these, uh, these spren. It would be like us having uh, Cleopatra still around. Right. Wow. That's an interesting, uh, you know what I mean? Way to look at it. And yeah. Cleo, all Cleopatra wants to do is just go fucking hang out and go to parties. And we're like, Cleopatra, you're like thousands of years old. We need to yeah. keep you safe. Damn. You know, that's me. She shouts, you'd better catch me before I scamper away. Wow. I'm feeling capricious today. <laughs> I I might just vanish again off to where nobody can find me. Might just vanish again. Yeah. Where nobody can find me. Mm-hmm. It worked. A gangway dropped and Sill scrambled up onto the ship, followed by the rest of them. Kaladin went last, watching nervously over his shoulder, expecting the fused to come after them at any moment. It did, but it stopped at the mouth of the alleyway, which, sorry, watching them board the ship. Honor Spren gave, gave it pause, apparently. Mm-hmm. On board, Kaladin discovered that most of the sailors were those Spren made of fog or mist. One of these was, was tying Sill's arms together with rope. Kaladin tried to intervene, but Sill shook her head. Not now, she mouthed. 
Fine, he would argue with the honor spren later. The ship pulled away, joining others that fled the city. The honor spren didn't pay much mind to Kaladin and the others, though one did take their harpoons, and another went through their pockets, confiscating their infused gemstones. Mm -hmm. As the city grew smaller, Kaladin caught sight of the fused hovering over the docks, beside the smoke trail of a burning ship. It finally streaked off in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Now, so they they got away. They got away for now, yeah. But they got away, and now Syl is potentially a captive of her own people now. She is a captive. Right. Yeah. This is interesting. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm really excited it's for it's cool, to, to read the continuation. It's of really this. cool. Yeah. 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 What's, what's, your, um, what's your highlight? My highlight is hats. I mean, <laughs> hats for the the floppy hat. Hats. Um, the hat on pattern. Yeah. Come on, hats, hats, hats. Hats, hats, hats. You? What's yeah, your what's your I, highlight? I, well, hats. Sure, hats. Uh, but I, I like I like. You know what? I like celebrant. I like the 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 multitudinous amounts of spring. the Lego buildings. The Lego buildings. Like I just I like celebrant. I think my highlight is going here, having the band be um a band apart from everyone else. Right. That hu- humans are a rarity or like a little treat. Oh, that's kind of neat. You're you're humans, right? Yeah, oh, okay. oh, cute. Yeah. So I like that a lot. And so I was delighting in that. Um, I also like uh, uh, sort of thinking about all the different spren. I think mm-hmm. it's really cool. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that is my highlight, but also small little highlight with regards to Sill not wanting to appear like a light eyes to Cal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that little bit from her. That's like a little tender moment where yeah. she was doing it for him. In a way, I don't want you, I don't want you to think any less of me because I've I'm disobedient. I'm, right. I'm a disobedient honor spren, um, and I'm I got myself into trouble. Yeah, but it's kind of funny because for being an ancient daughter, and as you mentioned just a minute ago, comparing her to Cleopatra or something like that, she behaves like a like a like a seven year old. Well, I think that it has to do like with... There's something very in, very innocent about her, right? Like well, very... we know that she slumbered for a long time. So maybe during that right. slumber, she lost herself. You know, they yeah. say that they, they don't have... They don't know a lot when they're not connected by the nail bond. Hmm. So her bond was broken when her radiant died. She lost anything that she knew of herself or knew of the world, slumbered. Right. And then when she came out of it, went looking for the person who was going to eventually call to her, Kaladin. And now right. she's only starting to really remember again who she is and all the things she used to know. Mm-hmm. But they, they like celebrate her or see her as this thing to be protected when she's just like, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Yeah. You yeah, know? Let's do this. Yeah. It's uh, it's really no, funny. It's a, and the fuse, I really like the fact that the fuse were there. Um, That's a major danger. Shalon, hey, Shalon saved the party. Yeah. Mass disguise. Right. Yeah. Using the seeming styles. Yeah. That's, it's, I mean, I I could pick apart, you know, a number of little highlights for this. It's a cool chapter. It's, it wasn't quite what I had expected, but I'm delighted and surprised that the fused are here. So the threat is here. Mm -hmm. The threat is close. And I think that symbolism of burning the ship that you came on, that's, that's. Yeah. That's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. 
And they're on the ship that, oh, no, you can't possibly come on board this ship, but now they're on and it. And now they're on it, yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. this is great. It's it's funny that the the Honor Spren ship is being manned by non-Honor Spren. These, like, mist right. style. Right, mist and fog. Yeah. yeah, so it's like the Honor, it's an Honor Spren ship, but they don't do their own sailing. No. They have a crew no, for don't. that. So, yeah. They have a crew for that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a little funny. Well, we'll see how it, how it how it shapes out. I don't I don't know. It's still being a prisoner. Yeah. How's Cal going to continue? How's he going to deal with that? Well, we know how Adolin's going to deal with it. What? He's just going to be like, put me in jail too. That's what he does. Yeah. Right. <laughs> put me in there. <laughs> That's what he does. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So chapter one hundred three. Mm-hmm. Hypocrite. We have a long excerpta here. Yeah, it's a little from chunkier, Hesse's right? Mythica. This is a chunky. Like, yeah. Again, things are being things are happening here. Yeah. Things are being re- things are being revealed. It's true. Many cultures speak of the so-called death rattles that sometimes overtake people as they die. Tradition ascribes them to the Almighty, but I find too many to be seemingly prophetic. This will be my most contentious assertion, I'm sure. But I think these are the effects of Moloch persisting in our current times. Proof is easy to provide. The effect is regionalized and tends to move across Roshar. This is the roving of the unmade. Yeah, I like this a lot. We we yeah. sort of know this, but this is really kind of saying that, yes, Moloch does it as well. You know, right. um, we know that Nergaul, the thrill was in the Shattered Plains and left. And that's why Dalinar was able to not have to be tempted by the thrill anymore. Mm -hmm. So yet again, Nergaul roams and has a radius. Moloch roams and has a radius. So really, really cool. So this chapter begins with Dalinar and it's all about Dalinar. Mm -hmm. Dalinar started awake in an unfamiliar place. So he already... The beginning of this, mm-hmm. he's just right. He's right into this vision. Right in, yeah. He's lying on a floor of cut stone. His back is stiff. He blinks sleepily, trying to orient himself. Where was he? Soft sunlight shone through an open balcony on the far side of the room, and ethereal motes of dust danced in the streams of light. Mm-hmm. What were those sounds? They seemed like the voices of people, but they were muffled. He stands up and then fastens the side of his uniform jacket, which had come undone. It had been, what, three days since his return from Yakovet? His excommunication from the Voren church? So he's remembering what happened prior. Yeah, and it's been about three when, days. When he had, he had to get out of there. Right? Yeah. He remembered those days as a haze of frustration, sorrow and agony, and drink. Mm-hmm. A great deal of drink. He'd been using the stupor to drive away the pain. A terrible bandage for his wounds. Blood seeping out on all sides, but so far, it had kept him alive. Mm -hmm. I was thinking a little bit about the surgeon here. I don't think Kaladin's dad would be prescribing this alcohol. But but you know what? But maybe. But maybe. Yeah. Right? When things are that bad. I know this room, he realized, glancing up at the mural on the ceiling. I saw it in one of my visions. 
a high storm must have come while he was passed out. So storm. I want to, I want to remind us mm. what vision he's talking about when he says this. Oh, sure. This Glancing is, at the room? this vision here is, right. is the, uh, uh, in the top room vision. Yeah. Right. This is, uh, uh, the, I think the chapter that it happens in is like, um, called in the top room. It's at the end of way of Kings. Way of Kings. Yeah. This is when Noah Don, uh, tells him he has a conversation with Noah Don and they're on the balcony and they're overlooking the destruction that the, uh, uh, the desolation has wrought. He tells him. Noah Don, I think, tells him about Yelignar. It's the first one of the first times we hear about Blightwin, Yelignar, this unmade that goes into their records room and destroys all of the records. Like a, right. it wasn't just like a, uh, um, <clears throat> an after effect of the war that this happened. Yelignar targeted their records so that they would have nothing to remember right. later. Um, and this is the same vision that at the end, Dalinar finds out that the Almighty is dead. Right. Right. So this is the vision he thinks he's in right now. Oh, this is one of my right. visions. And then quickly realizes that this is not that vision. No. He's just in the same space as that vision he's was. In sp- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Stormfather, he asks, uh, why have you sent me a vision? We agreed that they were too dangerous. Yes, he remembered this place. This was the vision where he'd met Noah Don, author of The Way of Kings. Why wasn't it playing out as it had before, though? He and Noadon had walked to the balcony, talked for a time, and then the vision had ended. Dalinar started towards the balcony, but that light was so intense, it was making his eyes water, and he had to raise his hand to shield his eyes. He heard something behind him. Scratching? He turned, putting his back to the brilliance, and spotted a door on the wall, It swung open easily beneath his touch, and he stepped out of the loud sunlight to find himself in a circular room. Mm -hmm. He shut the door with a click, and this, this chamber was much smaller than the previous one with a wooden floor. Windows in the walls looked out at a clear sky. A shadow passed over one of these, like something enormous moving in front of the sun. But how could the sun be pointed this direction as well? Mm-hmm. Dalinar looked over his shoulder at the wooden door. No light peeked underneath of it. He frowned and reached for the handle, and then paused, hearing the scratching once more. Turning around, he saw a large desk heaped with papers by the wall. How had he missed that earlier? Mm-hmm. So this is this is forming as he goes through this. Kind you know? of, yeah, and it's it's not. It's not like a vision from before. It's clearly not, right? He's like, the sun is outside on this side and he comes into, and now the sun is blazing on the other side too. Like this whole tower is just surrounded by this bright, bright light. Mm -hmm. And like you said, well, how did he miss that desk over there before? Yeah. Like, so things are changing as it's going. It's not like Mm a, um, pre, um, predetermined vision that he's walking through like he did before this thing Mm. is evolving and changing as he's do as he's going through it a man sat at the desk lit by a loose diamond writing with a reed pen noah don had aged in the previous vision the king had been young but now his hair was silver and his skin marked by wrinkles it was the same man though same face shape 
and the same beard that came to a point. He wrote with focused concentration. Dalinar stepped over. The way of kings, he whispered. I'm watching it be written. Actually, Noeldon said, it's a shopping list. I'll be cooking shinloaf bread today, if I can get the ingredients. It always breaks people's brains. Grain was not meant to be so fluffy. What? Dalinar scratched at the side of his head. Mm-hmm. Noadon finished with a flourish and tossed the pen down. He threw back his chair and stood, grinning like a fool, and grabbed Dalinar by the arms. Good to see you again, my friend. You've been having a hard time of it lately, haven't you? You have no idea, Dalinar mm-hmm. whispered, wondering who Noadon saw him as. Right. So, so that's a question I have here. Does Noadon see him as someone else? Well, normally in his visions, Dalinar mm-hmm. is taking over the body of someone else in this time right. period. And right. so the per- when they're talking to him, they're not talking to Dalinar. They're right. talking to the assistant or the wife or the right. whatever, the friend or whatever. But what's so, happening here? Well, we don't know. Is it, is it that same sort of scenario where Dalinar is taking on somebody? Or is it that in this case... He's actually talking to Dalinar. Well, let's maybe, as we're going through it, see if we can find hints of that. Okay. Um, you have no idea, he's, he, uh, he responds. Dalinar had appeared as one of Noadon's advisors. They'd stood together. Oh, it says here, in, in the, the previous, previous vision, he right. was an advisor. Yeah. They'd stood together on the balcony as Noadon contemplated a war to unite the world, a drastic res- resort intended to prepare mankind for the next desolation. Mm-hmm. Could that morose figure have really become this spry and eager? And where had this vision come from? Hadn't the Stormfather told Dalinar that he'd, that he'd seen them all? Come, Noadon says. Let's go to the market. A little shopping to turn your mind from your troubles. Shopping? Yes, you shop, don't you? Uh, actually, I usually have people do that for me. Ah, but of course you do. Very like you to miss a simple joy so you can get to something more important. Well, come on. I'm the king. You can't very well say no, now can you? So, so Noah far, Don- so far, it yeah, sounds like Noah Don's talking to someone familiar to him. It does sound like he's talking to someone familiar, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that, it that it's not. isn't yeah. Dalinar. Right. 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 Noadon led Dalinar back through the door. The light was gone. They crossed to the balcony, which last time had overlooked death and desolation. Now it looked out on a bustling city full of energetic people and rolling carts. The sound of the place crashed into Dalinar as if it had been suppressed until that moment. Laughing, chatting and calling, wagons creaking, chulls bleeding. The men wore long skirts tied at the waists by wide girdles, some of which came all the way up over their stomachs. Above that, they had bare chests, or they wore simple overshirts. The outfits resembled the Takama Dalinar had worn when younger, though of a far, far older style. Mm-hmm. The tubular gowns on the women were even, str- were, were even strange, made of layered small rings of cloth with tassels on the bottom. They seemed to ripple as they moved. I, um, I would just want to comment here mm. that these gowns that the women are wearing mm-hmm. aren't just tubular. They're totally tubular. They're totally tubular? Yeah. yeah. 
That's a very... Uh, They're totally too Very that's generational great. joke there. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, so what do you think here, though? These outfits, they, it seems like they're describing like ancient Rome or something. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that a lot of his visions happen in these like ancient times. Mm. Remember one of his very first visions when he was fighting the uh, those like creatures, when he was like just yeah. like the, the whatever, he... They had like sandals and like bronze weaponry, and it was very, very ancient times. So, yeah, it's interesting. The woman's arms were bare up to the shoulders, no safe hand covering. In the previous vision, I spoke the Don chant, Dalinar remembered mm-hmm. the words that gave Navani's scholars a starting point to translate these ancient texts. A good reminder about the Don chant, actually. We haven't talked yeah. about that in a while. No, we haven't. Mm-hmm. How do we get down? Dalinar asks, seeing no ladder. Noadon leaped off the side of the balcony, and he laughed, falling and sliding along a, a cloth banner tied between a tower window and a tent below. Mm-hmm. Dalinar cursed, leaning forward, worried for the old man, until he spotted Noadon glowing. He was a surge binder. Mm-hmm. But Dalinar had known that from the last vision, hadn't he? I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. That either. was a question I had. Is that was there any evidence that he was a surge binder I, from the last? I vision? don't remember. I really don't remember. And it it it's good. I think that I don't remember because yeah, we're we're as confused as Dalinar in this moment. Was right. he? I don't know. I, maybe. I guess he was. Dalinar walked back to the writing chamber and drew the stormlight from the diamond that Noadon had been using. He returned and then heaved himself off the balcony. This is amazing. Dalinar hit it at an angle and used it like a slide, Mm -hmm. keeping his right foot forward to guide his descent. Near the bottom, he flipped off the banner, grabbing its edge with two hands and hanging there for an instant before dropping with a thump beside the king. Yeah, so cool. Noadon clapped. I thought you wouldn't do it. I have practice following fools in their reckless pursuits. I love that. That's funny. That's funny. Because he, he... Remember he chased after... Elokar in the hunt yep. at the very beginning of the series and he's all like mm-hmm. ah. and he had to rush in rush out and yep. you could say that maybe he also followed Gavilar during the conquest of El- Alethkar following a fool's 100%. pursuit yeah so yeah it's, it's cool that he's got that little line in there the old man grinned this way he says I can't believe you're out shopping by yourself no guards I walked all the way to Urthiru on my own. I think I can manage this. You didn't walk all the way to Urthiru, Dalinar says. You walked to one of the Oath Gates and then took that to Urthiru. Misconception, Noadon said. I walked the whole way. Though I did require some help to reach Urthiru's caverns. That is no more a cheat than taking a ferry across a river. Hmm. <laughs> he bustles through the market and Dalinar followed distracted by the colorful clothing that everyone was wearing. Even the stones of the buildings were painted in vibrant colors. He'd always imagined the past. The stones of the buildings are painted almost... It's a little bit reminding me of the different st- the stones in uh, Shadesmar. Oh yeah, I guess so. Different colors, yeah. He'd always imagined the past as dull. Statues from ancient times were weathered and he'd never considered that they might have been painted so brightly. Mm-hmm. What of Noadon himself? In both visions, Dalinar had been shown someone he did not expect. 
the young Noadon, considering considering war, now this elderly one was glib and whimsical. Where was the deep-thinking philosopher who had written The Way of Kings? Mm -hmm. Remember, Dalinar told himself, this isn't really him. The person I'm talking to is a construct of the vision. Right. Now, that's what he's telling himself, right. but we don't really know. We don't know. Because we don't really no. know what's going on right now. It'd be such a strange thing if uh, the writer of The Way of Kings in some way had to experience this, like, time connection, if you will, with Dalinar, in and Dalinar ends up... Reading it or to, in order to write it or well, whatever? Well, Dalinar ends up, ends up informing him about how to write The Way of Kings. You, I think you had this thought previously when you thought that potentially the visions could be affected and changed, but we had determined that the Almighty right. had created the visions so that people in the future could see the past, but not necessarily affect it. Yeah, not affect it, to experience the past, maybe with the hope of, you know, gaining knowledge, maybe it could affect the outcome in the future. Right. But that wasn't the case. Uh, but this isn't necessarily this, a standard no. vision. No, but wouldn't that be interesting? I mean, this, I, I really don't think that's where this is going, to mm -hmm. be honest. Yeah. But just as a wild theory that, you know, someone as broken as Dalinar, um, like basically requires this text it's like it's like it's like um realizing what you need to fix yourself right and then you realize that what's required to fix yourself is not available it's not in your world mm -hmm. no one has thought of it no one has written down the codes no one has done the work right so it would be a really interesting thing that, you know, in terms of Dalinar, like what he really needed, like it's like Gavilar present like brother, you need to read this. Yeah. But it's because it's from you. Right. It would, it would be neat. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's where but that it's would going be either. really, really cool that he like helped himself out another time kind of thing. Yeah. Like because of this connection to Noadon and then Noadon and Dalinar like were talking. A, it feels like the, you know. It's circular, plot but of it's like a, a time travel movie or something. Or yeah, like, yeah. You know, there's that movie where Ethan Hawke, that movie called Predestination, where all the oh, characters in the movie one. are all Ethan Hawke in some way or another. And you're like, oh, it's Ethan yeah. Hawke. It's also Ethan Hawke. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hawk, Hawk, Hawk. <laughs> hats, hats, hats. Hats, hats, hats. Okay. Um, anyways, just me. That's yeah, I like, I like it. Dude. Wild, I like those music. Wild little theories, but yeah. I, I'm sure it's not uh, really what's happening. Okay. So I thought you wouldn't do it. Yeah, I practiced it. Misconception, right, across the river. He bustles through the market. Remember, that's not him. Though some people in the market recognized their king. Mm -hmm. His passing didn't cause much of a stir. Dalinar spun as he saw something move beyond the buildings, a large shadow that passed between two structures. It was tall and enormous. He started in that direction but didn't see it again. They entered a tent where a merchant was selling exotic grains. The man bustled over and hugged Noadon in a way that should have been improper for a king. Then the two started haggling. Hey, I'm, I'm just realizing something. Mm. So, this is Noadon. Mm -hmm. Or, 
so to Dalinar, it looks like Noadon. Yep. What if, because of this scene here, they're going to market, whatever, what if the people interacting with Noadon, it's not really Noadon that they're seeing? Uh, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like Noadon could also be having a vision as another person. Now that's getting really Inception-y kind of weird. Yeah, so that's... I don't think... That's math. Okay, yeah. I'm out. Spin the drain. I don't want to think about that anymore. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm not doing that. I don't even want to finish my own theory. <laughs> I'm not finishing that thought because the math of it, I can't even work it out. <laughs> he, that's my favorite. My favorite is when Jack's theory gets so complicated, <laughs> he bails on it. Actually, you know what? I'm that's bailing. That's too much for my brain. I'm bailing on that one. I'm bailing. <laughs> okay, so we started in the direction, didn't see it again. Um, they entered a tent. Yeah, so he gets hugged by this, by this guy. Then the two started haggling. See, again, the haggling. Yeah. The rings of the merchant's fingers flashed as he gestured at his wares. Dalinar lingered near the side of the tent, taking in the scents of the grains in the sacks. Outside, something made a distant thud, and then another. The ground shook, but nobody reacted. No, uh, uh, your majesty, Dalinar asks. Noadon ignored him. A shadow passed over the tent. Dalinar ducked, judging the form of the shadow, the sounds of crashing footfalls. Your majesty, we're in danger. The shadow passed, and the footfalls grew silent. Deal, Noadon said to the merge. So, he's not even reacting to this. Mm -mm. So what do you think? Do you think the shadow is the entity that's showing this to Dalinar? I think there's a little bit of a description of the entity coming up here, I think, right? Mm, I think we have okay. a little bit more of a, a of a description. So let's there. wait till we get I that. Obviously, we I, I didn't catch it. it. Yeah, first time through. So, okay. Um, deal, Noadon says to the merchant, and well argued, you swindler. Make sure to buy Lanny something nice with the extra spheres you got off me. So that's cool too. Noadon knows his mm-hmm. friend or loved yeah. one or something by yeah. name, right? Right. Um, actually, I, that's really cool. Knows, knows the name. Names are important. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's cool. I like it sounds like Lo- Noadon has your negotiating tactics here because the merchant says, you think you got the worst of that? Storms, your majesty. You argue like my grandmother when she wants the last spoon of jam. Like, meaning <laughs> like Noadon was right. more willing to give him more. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. me and Noadon, you know. Yeah, we, we homies. Yeah. Uh, did you see that shadow? Dalinar asks. Have I told you, Noadon replied, where I learned to make Shin loaf bread? It wasn't in Shin Kaknish, if that's what you were going to reply. I... No. Dalinar looked in the direction of the enormous shadow. No, you haven't told me. It was at war, Noadon says, in the West. One of those senseless battles of years following the desolation. I don't even remember what caused it. Someone invaded some someone else, and that threatened our trade through, Ma, uh, what's it called, Macabacum? Mm-hmm. So off we went. Now, wouldn't this be weird if this Noadon thing supposedly takes place after the events that we're in? What? So is the desolation coming? Like right now, with the threat of the fused, yeah. the threat of the, well, isn't it all heading towards a desolation? That's what's happening, right? These high storms, the ever storm. Yes, that that's we're in the we're in a new desolation right now. 
right. maybe the last desolation, as they call it. Maccabacum is a good hint because Maccabacum is the name of the ancient kingdom that oh, okay. a- Azir, uh, Tukar, all those Maccabacci countries, they right. all used to be one kingdom called Maccabacum way back, right. way backum in the... <laughs> way backum in the Maccabacum? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay, so... So that means Noadon lived and died in, in another time. And in another time, yeah. And the Silver okay. Epochs kingdoms. And, 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 I, and I keep trying to dream up Aleph some... Alethkar was called Time. Yeah, the Maccabacki region was called Maccabacum. Um, remember how we talked about yeah. how Narak, the Shattered Plains... Uh, the guy, the um, the representative from uh, uh, Nunatanatan said, you know, mm. well, that oath gate is ours because it, it lays on where our ancient kingdom was. Well, that was the kingdom of Natanatan. That whole area right, was right, Natanatan. Right. Okay. So. Well, I ended up with a scouting group on the edge of the Shin border. So you see, I, I tricked you just now. I said I wasn't in Shin Kaknish, but, and I wasn't, but I was right next to it. My troops occupied a small village beneath one of the passes. The matron who cooked for us accepted my military occupation without complaint. She didn't seem to care which army was in charge. She made me bread every day, and I liked it so much she asked if I wanted to learn. He trailed off, and in front of him the merchant set weights on one side of the large set of scales representing the amount Noadon had purchased, and then started pouring grain into a bowl on the other side of the scale. Golden, captivating grain, like the light of captured flames. What happened to the cook woman? Dalinar asked. Something very unfair, Noadon said. It's not a happy story. I considered putting it into the book, but decided my story would be best limited to my walk to Urthiru. He felt silent, contemplative. He reminds me of Teravangian, Dalinar suddenly thought. Mm-hmm. How odd. You are having trouble, my friend, Noadon says. Your life, like that of the woman, is unfair. Like that of the woman. Who is he talking about? Um, the, one in, the one in his story? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But of course, I was also thinking, is he talking about Evie? Or he's, that's true too. Or is he talking about all women? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being a ruler is a burden, not merely a privilege, Dalinar said. You taught me that. But storms, Noadon, I can't see any way out. We've gathered the monarchs, yet the drums of war beat in my ears, demanding. For every step I make with my allies, we seem to spend weeks deliberating. The truth whispers in the back of my mind. I could best defend the world if I could simply make the others do as they should. Mm -hmm. So why don't you? Noadon asks. Well, you didn't. I tried and failed. That led me to a different path. You're wise and thoughtful. I'm a warmonger, Noadon. I've never accomplished anything without bloodshed. He heard them again, the tears of the dead, Evie, the children, flames burning a city. He heard the fire roar in delight Mm -hmm. at the feast. The merchant ignored them. Busy trying to get the grain to balance, the weighted side was still heavier. Noadon set a finger on the bowl with the grain and pushed down, making the sides even. That will do, my friend. But, the merchant said, give the excess to the children, please. 
After all that haggling, you know I'd have donated some if you'd asked. And miss the fun of negotiating? Hmm. Noadon said. He borrowed the merchant's pen, then crossed an item off his list. There is satisfaction in creating a list of things you can actually accomplish, and then removing them one at a time. As I said, a simple joy. I can understand Unfortunately, that. Yeah, I understand I'm a, that. I, lo- I love lists. I love a list. You know I'm what I love is I love I'm a when lister. I make a bunch of lists, and then I put them in a mm-hmm. list, like my lists of lists. Oh. And then I have to rank Del- them. Then you rank the lists with another list? my favorite list. list. Grocery first! (laughs) (laughs) I almost made you spit your coffee there. (laughs) Yeah, you really did. Sorry. I was having trouble. List of lists. I'm going to rank the lists with a list. My favorite list, though, is the list of things that I never do on my list. (laughs) My procrastinating (laughs) list. (laughs) It's Um, last. It's last. Okay. Um... Give the access to the, yeah. So you're right. No, it's funny. I didn't, you know, Noah Don is kind of saying, look, I'll pay. I like the simple I don't, stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't need to pay a, yeah. a, a cheaper this price. This is exactly here. what you were saying it's earlier. Like just pay. Exactly what I was saying earlier. <coughs> I don't want to do them. Although he liked the process of the haggling and the, he yeah, he likes that. Joy part, yeah. Whereas you, me, you I'm don't like, want to haggle at all. No. Yeah. No, no, that's it. Right. No, the haggling starts. Or the theories get too complicated. Well, haggling's so confusing. You got to think of numbers and where they go and up and down and the. And why am I asking plus for minus for less? Why Why do I think that the price should be lower? Why? Because <laughs> you're cheap. And you I mean, want... okay. Well, why is okay? Well, why is why is that the only thought? Why can it be? Well, why shouldn't the price be higher? Right. And maybe it should be, is my point. Is maybe it, should it probably should be higher. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, I shouldn't be buying this. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. The cost isn't... Unfor- oh, hang on. I just uh, got ahead of myself. There is satisfaction to creating a list. Unfortunately, uh, um, uh, Dalinar says, I'm needed for bigger things than shopping. Well, isn't that always the problem? Tell me, my friend, you talk about your burdens and the difficulty of the decision, but what is the cost of a principle? The cost? There shouldn't be a cost to be principled. Oh? What if making the right decision created a spren who instantly blessed you with wealth and prosperity and unending happiness? What then? Would you still have principles? Isn't a principle about what you give up? Not what you gain. I really like that question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's all negative, Dalinar says. Are you implying that nobody should have principles because there's no benefit to them? Oh, no, hardly, Noadon says. But maybe you shouldn't be looking for life to be easier because you choose to do something that's right. Personally, I think that life is fair. It's merely that often you can't immediately see what balances it. He wagged the finger he'd used to tip the merchant's scales. If you'll forgive a somewhat blatant metaphor, I've grown fond of them. You might say, I wrote an entire book about them. This is different from the other visions, Dalinar says. What's going on? Yeah, he... Dalinar can tell something's something's up Something's up. Yeah. Yeah. The thumping from before returned. Dalinar spun and then charged out of the tent determined to get a look at the thing. 
he saw it above the buildings. A stone creature with an angular face and red spots glowing deep in its rocky skull. Do we remember the name of this thing? This thing has an actual name. And we've encountered it already? Yes. In a vision Dalinar had long time ago, he was in the Pure Lake and one rose out from the ground of the Pure Lake when he was with the Radiance. And someone screamed the name out, Thunderclast! Right. Right. This is a Thunderclast. Just walking around, no one's afraid of it, everything's just fine. Noadon stepped from the tent, holding his bag of grain. He looked up and smiled. The creature leaned down and then offered a large, skeletal hand. Noadon touched it with his own, and the creature stilled. This is quite the nightmare you've created, Noadon says. What does that thunderclast represent, I wonder? Pain, Dalinar said, backing away from the monster. Tears and burdens. I'm a lie, Noadon, a hypocrite. Sometimes, a hypocrite is nothing more than a man who is in the process of changing. That's really good. Yeah, and we've heard that that the, that line before because Dalinar even thinks it here. Wait a minute, didn't I say that before? Yeah. Back when he'd felt stronger and more certain. Mm-hmm. Other thumps sounded in the city, hundreds of them, creatures approaching from all sides, shadows in the sun. Here's your answer from a question earlier you posed, Jack. Read this next line. All things exist in three realms, Dalinar. There it is. The physical, what you are now. The cognitive, what you see yourself as being. And the spiritual, the perfect you, the person beyond pain and error and uncertainty. All things exist in three realms, Dalinar. So Dalinar exists in three realms? No. Noah Dawn has called him by his name. Right. So Dalinar isn't in someone else's body. Noah Dawn has addressed Dalinar as Dalinar. Right. Right. That's right. You're right. Right. So there's, that's the confirmation. That's the confirmation. There you go. Yeah. Right. So that's what makes this different. Okay. Very cool. Um... Monsters of stone and horror surrounded him, heads cresting roofs, feet crushing buildings. You've said the oaths, Noadon called, but do you understand the journey? Do you understand what it requires? You've forgotten one essential part, one thing that without which there can be no journey. The monsters slammed fists toward Dalinar and he shouted, What is the most important step a man can take? Dalinar awoke, suddenly in his bed in Urthiru, asleep in his clothing again. A mostly empty bottle of wine rested on the table. There was no storm. It hadn't been a vision. He buried his face in his hands, trembling. Something bloomed inside of him, a recollection. Not really a new memory. Not one he'd completely forgotten, but it suddenly became as crisp as if he'd experienced it yesterday. The night of Gavilar's funeral. Mm-hmm. So something that I want to point out that's, uh, that sounds very familiar is Gavilar gets killed by Zeth. Yes. In Gavilar's last words, he asks Zeth to give a message to his brother. 
Right. Zeth writes it down on a piece of driftwood in blood. Yes. And it says, what are the most important words a man can say? Right. And then now here, he's being uh, asked, <clears throat> what is the most important step a step. man can take? Sounds very right. familiar. Yeah, it does. So monsters, thunderclast, uh, Noah Dawn talking right to Dalinar. What do you what do you think about what's going on here? Do you have any any uh, theory or any thought about what what's happening to Dalinar right now? Is so, this just a run of the mill so, nightmare? Is this just a nightmare or like a a, a, a just a regular dream? No, I, I think I think it's someone trying to communicate uh, to him. Okay. Um, I, I I don't I don't think this sounds more um, helpful to Dalinar. Mm-hmm. And in some ways less confusing than than some of the other visions are. Mm-hmm. Like I think this is. Um, I don't really have a theory. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I think that. Well, actually, one of my first questions was going to be to you to to try to clarify this thing about the thunderclasts. Are we seeing just how thunderclasts used to just roam about in society? Is that the well? They they never did. They were always tools of the other side to be to right. create to to break to cause a desolation and destroy everything. And right. So they so the fact that this one's just roaming around and literally no one is worried about it is disconcerting. Hmm. But in this, in this vision, Noadon is old. So it took place, like, if this has any kind of chronology to it, it takes place after a desolation. Right. So it takes place after everything is broken, everything is destroyed, everyone who has died and mm-hmm. sacrificed, and then you get to rebuild. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the justification that we were getting earlier when Dalinar was uh, speaking with Teravangian. When Terevangians like, you know, um, look at everything that happens in the aftermath of these, of these bloody battles, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you and I had this. If the Sunmaker had actually accomplished what he had set out, then the whole world would be unified right 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 now and you'd have a much easier time fighting this desolation. Um, it's okay for you to be a little confused about this chapter. It's supposed to be Mm -hmm. confusing, I think. One of yeah. the things I want to reiterate before we end the episode here, so I just want to read mm. to you this la- this line again here. Okay. All things exist in three realms, Dalinar. Yeah. The physical, what you are now. The cognitive, what you see yourself as being. being the spiritual, the perfect you. The person beyond pain, error, and uncertainty. So right. Noah Don's telling him to be perfect is to be someone beyond pain, beyond errors, and beyond uncertainty. Right. Yeah. So I just wanted to highlight that again, um, maybe for future use. So, um, so what's your hi- mm. highlight here? Highlight with this chapter is I don't I don't know I I I was going to pick, um, that um. 
well, I, I kind of like this, this life lesson, if you will, from, from Noadon, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm apprehensive to accept him as a benevolent teacher to Dav- to Dalinar, although it does feel like that. To it me. does feel like that for sure. Like I, I find that the other visions gave Dalinar, you know, I guess insight into what troubles came before. And you don't want history repeating, so you mm-hmm. see the suffering like this. Okay, we need to act. Mm-hmm. We need to get the radiance back. This needs to happen. Way of Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I guess I would say that maybe there's something else at stake here. Maybe showing Dalinar the visions of the past. It all leads into like a circular cycle of of humans mm-hmm. in different times, different nations battling the same thing over and over and over. And it just keeps just going. Right. So perhaps, uh, this dream or nightmare, you might say, um, to Dalinar is hinting at something else. Now, I, I don't know what though, if, if it means drawing him away from his current efforts, like maybe his current efforts with Dalinar, you know, again, trying to unite, unite the nations, getting Navani's help, coordinating all of this. Maybe it's ultimately going to fail again. Mm-hmm. It's going to, it's going to lead to the same re- or to a similar result. Maybe not the same result, but to something similar. So maybe Noadon here is, is. This voice is trying to communicate something else, but I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know to what end. I don't know what it could be. Yeah. All, all I know is that, you know, he seems to be saying, look, slow down, take, take in the smaller joys of life. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> go shopping, make a list, cross it off, do a little haggling. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what that means, what that translates to to Dalinar, nor do I know what the normalcy of Thunderclasts mean either. Right. What, what I was thinking is if Noadon is older and desolation or crazy amounts of destruction has already happened, maybe that's why the Thunderclass now is a normal creature because the damage has been done. Right. The, the, the deeds have been done. Now, I, I don't know if I'm wildly way off here. Or... I mean, you could be, and you could be right on, but I mean, we won't know until we know. Um, my highlight is that everything in this chapter seems great. But Dalinar still says, this, dif- well, uh, this is different from the <clears throat> other visions. What's going on? There's something inside of right. him that doesn't trust it. And, um, I like that from Dalinar. I like him being a little skeptical. Um, mm, that makes me second guess my, cause what I'm, what I was hoping from this is that it was something, something good. Mm-hmm. And it, it can be it the feels, total opposite. And, it feels, can... and everything feels good in this. Yeah. You know, Dalinar's getting some much needed, uh, advice on what to do. Um, but he, but throughout the whole thing, there are little things that don't seem to add up. And I yeah. like that Dalinar's instincts are like, but what about this? Wait a minute. Where's the yeah. storm father? Storm father, where are you? You should be in here with yeah, me. Yeah. That's, that's the one part that I, I 
See, but but I'm so, I'm so suspicious of this whole story yeah. that I've always kept it in my back pocket mm-hmm. with regards to the Stormfather and even the Spren that that it 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 could this story could really pivot like 180 degrees going the complete opposite direction i think that's the expectation too like we we never know where it's going even for us who have read book four um yeah you know we know as a fandom and this is no spoiler Mm -hmm. for you we know that he's taking a five-year gap between five and six so like what he decides to write about we know that he's kind of got this over arching idea of what the series is going to be, but how we mm-hmm. get there, the journey, you know, going through it might change because he might change as an author. So everything could right. pivot, you know? Um, I like that though. I, I, I like, uh, this is a kind of a, a light chapter, not much going on, but I kind of like what, what's happening here. There's mm-hmm. Dalinar is in it and he's also a little confused about things. And, and if this is just a regular dream, then his dream is filled with, cause even Noah Don said like, what's this? Thunderclass supposed to represent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like this is your dream Dalinar like what the hell is this oh yeah that's right because he manifested it yeah so Noah Don is telling him well this is your this is what does this represent for you like do we have any powers that w- uh where people can communicate through dreams I mean, have... Dalinar has been able to do that because of his well, the visions being granted, the visions right? and stuff. And then he was able to go into the divisions anytime he wanted to because of his bondsmith abilities. But dreams have not been, they've not been a part of this story. Anyways, let's, uh, let's move on to the info dump. Maybe, uh, Buzzkill Joe will have some more information for us here. Um, hmm. We want to Lots thank to think about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, we want to say thanks to Buzzkill Joe for all the hard work he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with chapter 102. We have uh, Nenefra, which is the um, master painter from the far off court of gods, which sounds really cool. Um, Kirill um, is a fused running the inspections. Um, a hydrator is that is the name of that technology that Captain Ico used on the ship to make water for the humans. Um, Celebrant is a port city, but it's not as densely densely populated as human cities are, which, you know, is awesome. There are so many uh, 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 different kinds of spren here. We've kind of already talked about them, so we don't have to list them again. Um, Sil gives us an idea about uh, spren reproduction, and it almost sounds like a stork <laughs> kind of story where, you know, you go off and you come back with the baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit strange. Um, there are definitely problems going on in the Horn Eater Peaks, and we finally find out what it is. The Void Spren are sailing warships and demanding tributes from anyone who approach. So they've pretty much created a blockade. This is Naboo now. There's a blockade um, yeah. <laughs> at the uh, uh, Cultivation's Perpendicularity, which is hilarious. Um, the Void Spren, there are many varieties, some golden lights others red shadows it sounds like some of the fused are with them confirmation that the fused are distinct from void spren which is kind of what we had already talked about uh shadesmar points of interest the nexus of imagination is named and that's near marat and tukar free light is somewhere east of celebrant and then we get like one of the best names ever lasting integrity is the uh, the capital for honor spren mm, which is amazing yeah. sounding yeah. <laughs> um what else do we have here? Uh 
Uh, he says he uh, uh, Buzzkill points out here that he uh, that someone said I saw a flash of something the fuse was holding, which caused the uh, the the ship to f- go on fire. And he wrote in, wrote in his notes here. I don't know. So maybe there like, it could be a lighter, could be matches, could be some kind of maybe magic thing they have. He doesn't. He has no explanation for it. So. Um, this silver chain that's in the locked glass topped box, um, he, his positing is he doesn't really know what it is, but maybe it's likely to ward shadows. And then the painting, the small one with thick strokes of oil, red and white. This is the mm-hmm. one where he, uh, Dallin or Kaladin sees the nine shadows. Um, um, he thinks that this is, uh, um, a painting from another uh, from an off an artist from another book. I'm not going to tell us say which one, but it uh, it sounds like it might be. You were saying you were right. It could be from a whole other place in the Cosmere, which is really really cool. Um, chapter 103, hypocrite. Uh, Lonnie is the grain merchant's family member. Very unimportant character coming back at the end of the series to be the big bad is Lonnie, the, <laughs> Lonnie, the grain person's friend. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there are um, Shin Kaknish and Makabakum are Silver Kingdom Aaron names for present day Shinovar and Makabak, which is, we kind of already talked about that. Uh, Shin bread uh, made with lavish grain grown inside rock buds, which is awesome. Ancient Alethala fashion. So we, uh, um, you know, the, mm-hmm. the descriptions of that is kind of gives us an idea of when it is. And uh, the this succinct three realms explanation, the physical what you are now, the cognitive what you want yourself to be, and the spiritual which is the perfect you, is cool and also a little confusing. But um, yeah, that's all he's got for his info dump. Thank you so much, Buzzkill, for uh, all mm-hmm. the hard work on the uh, on the info. We really appreciate it. Um, so we are covering two chapters next episode, uh, 104 and 105. Um, we are getting close to being done here. There is, I'm gonna have to confer with Buzzkill, but there is a live read coming up. So, um, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm going to work it in, but, uh, we're going to, we're going to get that done. Uh, we want you to be, uh, surprised about some stuff. So, okay. Very cool. Yeah. So if you want to be able to go and listen to us while we do the live read, you want to go to patreon.com slash heroes of and sign up for the Patreon. Uh, that'll get you a discord link and you can come and join on the fun on discord and be able to sit with us and, uh, listen to Jack, get surprised about all the fun details that are about to come up. Um, Mm -hmm. if you want to reach out to us and tell us, uh, any of your musings, you can do so at uh, heroesofcathra at gmail.com. You can hit us up on, uh, Instagram at the storm pod. Uh, you can uh, find us on the, um, subreddit, uh, the storm pod and the Facebook page as well. So, um, everyone, we are, you know, Jack and I are astounded by how little of this book we have left. We pick up our books and we look and we're like, wow, it's getting close. So it's um, getting close. We are, we are almost done this book. It's been a while, but we're excited to, uh, (laughs) to finish it. So anyways, thank you very much for listening to the episode. We love you very much until next time. Take care, everybody. The storm pod is brought to you by heroes of Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the heroes of Akathra.
So to Dalinar, it looks like Noadon. Yep. What if, because of this scene here, they're going to market, whatever, what if the people interacting with Noadon, it's not really Noadon that they're seeing? Uh, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like Noadon could also be having a vision as another person. Now that's getting really Inception-y kind of weird. Yeah, so that's... I don't think... That's math. Okay, yeah. I'm out. Spin the drain. I don't want to think about that anymore. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm not doing that. I don't even want to finish yeah. my own theory. <laughs> I'm not finishing that thought because the math that's of it, my I favorite. can't even work my it out. My favorite is when Jack's theory gets so complicated, <laughs> he bails on it. Actually, you know what? I'm that's bailing. That's too much for my brain. I'm bailing on that one. <laughs> I'm bailing. <laughs> Sorry, pal. I can't do it. I, I can't. love it. It's so funny. I <laughs> I can't. What? I can't do it. You're like, ah, I don't want to no, do you know it. What? It hurts my brain. I can't think about it. <laughs> I can't. I'm out. I'm not doing it. Oh my god, I'm, I'm crying. I'm but anyways, so no adopt. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to work it out, right? Like, like why don't they wreck? I mean, they're hugging. What their if no adopt like, wasn't? Ah, fuck it. No, no, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm so amusing to you this morning. I'm going to have to cut most of this laughter out. It's too much. Oh. Now nah, I'll leave it in. <laughs>